What's up, y'all? I got a dance deal for you, Chicago. Hubbard Street Dance heats up the Harris Theater stage with its spring series of joy next week. Now, this is some of the most dynamic, cutting-edge contemporary dance made by the world's leading choreographers right here in Chicago. I'm excited for Echoes of Our Ancestors by Maria Torres, among other creators. But you can only catch it for three performances between May 17th and May 19th. Luckily, CityCast Chicago listeners can get tickets in any section for 20% off using code CityCast online or over the phone. Visit HubbardStreetDance.com for details and use code CityCast. Today on CityCast Chicago, as Illinois lawmakers return to Springfield today, gun control legislation could be on the docket. Representative Bob Morgan's district covers the North Shore, including Highland Park, where a shooter killed seven people last summer. Morgan has introduced the Protect Illinois Communities Act, which will prevent the future sale of what's commonly known as assault weapons, as well as large capacity magazines, and would change age requirements for obtaining guns in Illinois. State Rep. Bob Morgan is here today to break down the bill. It's Wednesday, January 4th. I'm Jacoby Cochran, and this is CityCast Chicago. Representative Morgan, welcome to CityCast Chicago. Oh, Jacoby, please. Bob, Bob's perfect. Hey, I appreciate you being here. Uh, I'm going to start off a little heavy, Representative Morgan, and I don't ask this lightly, but I know you were marching in the 4th of July parade in Highland Park. What do you remember about that day? It started like most of us started our 4th of July. It was with my family. I, I marched in the parade as a, as a, a politician, as a candidate. So we were lined up with probably 40 or 50 different floats, and we had just been given the green light to start marching, uh, literally. And uh, my my campaign manager was standing in front of me and she was on the phone with another elected official. She turned and looked at me with a look that I'll never forget and just yells, gunshots, gunshots. I mean, in the first seconds, the first minute or two, it's it the brain doesn't process that kind of thing. Um, a week earlier, myself and the state senator and the congressman from our area, Congressman Schneider, we literally were a block away talking about gun violence. And so it it felt very surreal um, because in the moment, it wasn't clear what was happening. I didn't know who had been shooting. I didn't know if anyone had been shot initially. Um, I didn't know if it was active initially. Um, all I knew is my my two kids were right behind me. So I, I the first thing I did was was just instinctively put my, my hands back um, because my, my children were right behind me. Um, my wife took uh, my kids and volunteers, and we we moved them into a, a building um, just a hundred yards away, uh, and all our volunteers and everyone just kind of gathered into a safe place. Um, and once I knew my kids were safe and my wife was safe, I went running to the scene uh, where uh, it was probably just a few minutes after the shooting and uh, saw a number of the victims on the ground. I mean, in those minutes, hours, days after uh, the tragedy in Highland Park, we would learn that seven people were uh, killed and I believe close to 50 were injured. 
which really, again, reignited this conversation, not only around gun control, but around the sale and the possession of, you know, assault weapons. Can you describe for folks listening the weapon that was used in that tragedy? So the the weapon uh, that was used in the shooting was a Smith & Wesson M&P 15. M&P stands for military and police. Uh, the truth is that that's more of a sales marketing technique. It's a semi-automatic rifle. Um, it's designed to be able to fire as many bullets as possible in a very, very short period of time. It's semi-automatic, so it's not fully automatic. It's a single, single pull of the trigger, single shot. Um, but in this case, uh, as many of these semi-automatic rifles have, is uh, this alleged shooter had a multiple 30-round magazines. Um, so you're able to shoot 30 times, 30 bullets, uh, before you have to reload. Um, so in this situation, this individual allegedly was, was we know, he was on the roof um, downtown right in the middle of this parade, and he shot off 30 rounds before anyone even knew what was happening. People thought it was fireworks at first. Sometimes people think it's a shotgun. Uh, sometimes people think it's a handgun, but this is this was a weapon that's by design, literally created for the military, so they can shoot a lot of bullets very, very quickly. Mm -hmm. And for people not familiar, you know, the difference between, you know, a Glock handgun or a shotgun and something like an AR or, or an MP, like what makes a gun an assault weapon per se? Is it, it you know, uh, you know, uh, is it the magazine? Is it how many shots you can get off? Is it, you know, semi-automatic, automatic? What 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 classifies a, a gun as an assault weapon? Yeah, and, and in our bill, we define it in a lot of different ways and get into some of that. But basically, it's it's based off of a definition that we had in federal law back in 1994 to 2004. We had a federal ban on assault weapons. So a lot of people say, well, that doesn't mean anything, and it's just a scare tactic. No, there's a very specific definition of an assault weapon, semi-automatic rifle, generally speaking, uh, capable of very high velocity firing. Um, you know, difference between a Glock and an AR-15 is is a number of things, but the biggest thing is the velocity of, of the round, of the bullet. The average bulletproof vest that a, a police officer is wearing is, is not going to be able to withstand a direct AR-15, you know, uh, 5.56 round, NATO round is the bullet that's most commonly used. It's not gonna, it's not going to withstand it. It's going to kill the officer. So like we talk about Glock, a Glock is traveling at about half to a third uh, the speed of an AR-15 shot. And that's one of the reasons why a bulletproof vest is really effective for a Glock shot. The other part of it is a Glock is, is shooting a different type of bullet that's not designed to stay within the body. The 5.56 round, the rounds we're using AR-15s and other types of semi-automatic rifles are designed to stay in your body. Like literally, that's the point. So it stays inside your body and it's just churning and destroying your organs. So the lethality really is different between, you You have a potential of surviving a shot by a handgun, a Glock, you do. You are very unlikely to survive a, a shot from an AR-15. Are you self-conscious about your smile? Do you only allow yourself a closed mouth grin? Well, with Aligner Experts, there's no reason for you to diminish your smile. As orthodontists, they have the privilege of witnessing the remarkable transformation of patient smiles, which often translates into a profound boost in their confidence. Yet, there always seems to be a deterrent. 
I ain't got the time, I don't have the funds. Luckily, Aligner Experts is redefining convenient and accessible clear aligner solutions. With customizable treatments, transparent pricing, and their cutting edge 3D scanners and dental monitoring technology, you can transform your smile through the convenience of your own schedule. Stop in at their West Loop or Lakeview Clinic today for your complimentary smile assessment. Aligner Experts, your destination for advanced clear aligner solutions. P.S. They got another clinic on the way, so stay tuned for their Old Town location. You've introduced the Protect Illinois Community Acts to ban assault weapons in Illinois and make obtaining a gun or gun cart harder for certain individuals. What are the top priorities in this bill, uh, Representative Morgan? Gun violence is a comprehensive problem. It's complicated. It happened over decades and decades and decades. It didn't just happen. It didn't just happen because of COVID. It didn't just happen um, because the assault weapon ban went away. This is generations of disinvestment in communities, generations of marketing of these weapons that you need them for self-defense, that you need an AR-15 literally under your pillow to defend yourself. This is just one element of what we need to do to really start to address gun violence because uh, we have to address mental health. Absolutely. We have to address school security. Absolutely. But at the end of the day, what we haven't acknowledged and done in state law is talk about the weapons, you know, and that's really what my charge was that when the speaker created this firearm safety and reform working group, it's very deliberately called the firearm safety and reform working group, not the mental health and gun violence working group, not the social media extremism working group, it's gun reform. And, and that's what we're trying to do. Mm -hmm. Is there anything in the bill that will impact people who already own assault weapons or high capacity magazines? Because, you know, whether you live in Illinois or you live in Florida, the minute you start talking about gun control, there are those who, you know, pull out the bullhorn and say they coming for our guns. They coming for our guns. Is there anything for to address people who already own these weapons? Yeah. The best way to describe what we're doing here is closing the front door. Right. So there are hundreds of thousands of semi-automatic rifles in Illinois, at least. And what every state that has done assault weapon ban, what they really do is they ban future sales. Um, so we created, at least my proposal creates a, a registration of existing weapons. You get to keep your, your weapon um, if you register with the state. So right now, if you have a weapon, if you have a firearm, you have to have a FOID card in Illinois. Uh, so two and a half million people have a FOID card that allows them to purchase, own, possess a firearm. Um, but we don't register the weapon. And so this, the change here would be giving law enforcement the opportunity to know who's got these weapons. And it's a pretty small sliver of the population that has firearms that have these AR-15s. They usually have multiple semi-automatic rifles. Um, the magazines are a little bit different. High-capacity magazines, they don't have any serial number. They don't, they're not attached to a weapon. There's no tracking of that. So what we basically did is, is try and ban the sales so that through attrition, a lot of these cartridges are going away. Um, so people that have these cartridges, they're supposed to dispose of them. Again, that that's up for discussion. We're hearing a lot of feedback about what to do so that we're not trying to criminalize people that have legally done something in Illinois. They legally bought these weapons and these magazines. And I think the final legislation will reflect that. Yeah. I mean, have you talked to colleagues who you know won't support this legislation? And, and do they tell you why? I mean, the vast majority of people that are a hard no on this are are. Republicans so far. Um, there are a lot of different concerns and considerations here from Republicans and Democrats. 
People are concerned, again, about registration, uh, their concerns about law enforcement and their ability to continue to have access to firearms and the firearms they need to protect us and themselves. Uh, there are elements, we're still in conversations about criminal penalties, right? We, we've done great things in the last couple of years to make sure we're reducing criminal penalties so that we're not, we're not criminalizing just everyday behavior and we're not disproportionately incarcerating people. Um, so we're working on that. We want to make sure our final product reflects that too. You know, I think that at the end of the day, this, there's a potential, and I really hope this is a bipartisan bill. You know, the, the state as a whole is dealing with gun violence. It might not be inner city violence, but suicide by firearm is a real thing. I mean, when I think of some of the legislation that's come out that impacts the criminal justice system, I, I can't help but think of the Safety Act. And I mean, that was subject to uh, a very disparaging misinformation campaign. You know, when we talk about, you know, gun reform, so much of the conversation that happens is around people's interpretation of the Second Amendment. Do you anticipate similar misinformation campaigns and even constitutional challenges to this bill? Yes, to all that. This is this is a hard one. This is a hard topic. The Supreme Court has given a lot of messages recently, and so we're mindful of trying to stay within what's constitutional, what's legal, what's going to withstand state law and federal law. Um, and the misinformation campaign is real. I expect a lot of lot of fear mongering. That's par for the course. I also think the the facts are pretty clear that the state wants reform on some of this stuff. Democrats and Republicans and Republicans across the board majority support for an assault weapon ban. So what are we really talking about? I think we're talking about what is going to make our community safer, all communities, and how do we do it in a way that's not going to relive and, and recycle some of the mistakes we've made in the past when trying to take on big issues and disproportionately impact disinvested communities, communities of color in particular. We've talked so much about the past, right? We've had a federal assault weapons ban, you know, for a while. Highland Park itself has an assault weapons ban, you know. I have to ask, have similar initiatives shown to be effective and have a measurable impact on gun violence? Yeah, the, the answer to that is indisputably yes. Um, there are seven states plus D.C. that have instituted assault weapon bans. There are another four or five that have put high-capacity magazine bans in. And what they're finding is reductions of gun deaths. I mean, it's pretty straightforward. Uh, Cook County Sheriff Tom Dart talked about it. He said, you know, the 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 mortality rate and and the the lethality of these shootings is exponentially higher when they have these high capacity magazines what have you been hearing from the public and then how soon will this get picked up when lawmakers are, are back in springfield i think the state is ready for an assault weapon ban for high capacity magazine ban for uh, stepping up our efforts to combat illegal gun trafficking and to extend our firearm restraining order duration right now it's only up to six months we're extending that up to a year there, there's a number of things in here that that I think will make us safer um, and reduce gun deaths in Illinois. And that's really, at the end of the day, my goal. Uh, we're going to see this in Springfield. Uh, we go back through the 7th, and that's what we call our lame duck session. It's the last couple days of this current General Assembly. And everything I've been doing and trying to do is to pass this legislation during that time. Um, I, I think that there's a path. I, I'm hopeful. Um, nothing's guaranteed here. And the final language, of course, is going to keep changing until we actually put it up for a vote. So uh, we, I hope everyone who's listening, if they have questions and ideas, we want to hear them uh, and, and help us get this done. 
we talked to the Illinois House Representative for the 58th District, uh, Representative Morgan. Thank you so much for making time for us. Thanks, Jacoby. Talk to you guys soon. Before I let you go, a little bit of news, y'all. While a Kankakee County judge did place a stay on the state's end to cash bail, ruling the Safety Act provision unconstitutional, Cook County officials declared they're moving forward with the full implementation of the law. Unionized workers at Howard Brown Health, which runs 11 health clinics across Chicago, are planning to continue their strike today and tomorrow as they remain at odds with leadership over wages, layoffs, and increased support. A Howard Brown spokesperson says the clinic plans to keep all existing appointments. We're just a few days into 2023 and we're already getting our first executive visit as Vice President Kamala Harris is back in town to shut down traffic and champion the White House's economic agenda. She needs a champion canceling the rest of that student debt. I'm going to just be real. That wasn't enough of me. It wasn't enough. And some good news to get you through. The 36th annual Young Playwrights Festival starts today and celebrates winning works from some of Chicago's dopest high school age writers. Shout out to the three individuals being recognized throughout the festival, including Whitney Young's Jonathan Soko and Lane Tech's Elliot Valadez and Lucas Bigos. As always, we appreciate you for listening. I'm going to talk to you tomorrow. Peace. Is it Jacoby, right? Yes, sir. I appreciate awesome. you asking. Most people just of take course. a stab at it. And it's Bob. It's not, it's not, <laughs> Bob. not Bob. It's not Boob. It's my, my kids like throw an extra O in there. <laughs> I think I'm we just ready. got our I think we just got our blooper for the episode. Thank you so much. <laughs> right out the he was like, I got a hard stop, so let me get the jokes out of top. Ready, let's do it. <laughs>